G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. Well, at 18 years of age in Barbados, I was invited to a crusade with visiting speakers, and I made a decision for Christ. And for those first four years, I was full on for God, seeking the will of God for my life. And I sought to give definition to that by going to a school of evangelism in Europe. But I was exposed to stuff that put my head in a lot of confusion. And really, Christianity became a legalistic bondage. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Mike Kinch was born in Barbados in the Caribbean and migrated to Australia in the 1970s. When he was a young man, he was on fire for the Lord and went to Bible school in Europe. But sadly, he was so put off by the legalism he discovered there that he walked away from his faith for 20 years. Today, Mike will share his life journey and how, after several years in the wilderness, so to speak, he's returned to the Lord and he's now full on in his faith and doing marvellous ministry work. Mike Kinch is chatting with Karen Hunt. Mike, tell me, what was it like for you growing up in Barbados on a different continent to where you are now? Well, Barbados, Karen, is a very, very beautiful island. It's the most easterly of the Caribbean islands, and it's a very laid-back lifestyle, very easygoing lifestyle. We enjoyed a beautiful climate. There's no such thing as seasons. So we had a lovely tropical climate all year round, and uh, most of my first 25 years were spent in Barbados, but also because my dad worked in other islands. I lived in Trinidad, I lived in Jamaica, and also uh, in my early 20s, I then got to about 14 countries in Europe. So growing up in Barbados was very, very colorful, and uh, a lot of fond memories over those years. What did your family look like, Mike? Brothers, sisters, mum, dad? Uh, well, there's there's mum and dad, and there is one brother. My dad was a very successful businessman mm. in the airlines and also in the advertising industry. Mm-hmm. And your mum? My mum, she was a stay-at-home mum. God bless And as my dad said recently, like in the 25 years from 35 to 60 when he was in the advertising industry, she was his hospitality lady. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So his clients were not entertained, so to speak, at hotels. Mum would prepare beautiful meals and uh, dad would bring his clients home and enjoy beautiful meals. And then he was into yachting in the beautiful Caribbean waters, so he would take them yachting. So a lot of his international clients enjoyed coming down to Barbados and having good times with him. Needless to say, I also enjoyed the yachting immensely uh, on the west coast of the island. And my one brother and I, we went to a school in the country. Mm-hmm. I went to the boarding establishment for many years also because of his traveling. And uh, my big love uh, growing up was cricket, because as you know, the West Indies are very good cricketers. Uh And uh, I had the distinction of playing for my school in the equivalent of pennant grade one cricket as a young fellow. Congratulations. So a lot of fond memories, Karen. Yeah. Tell me, was faith a part of those early years or not really? 
Yeah, Kieran, in those first 22 years of my life, the first 18 years, faith was like in the background, just like conventional, what I grew up with within the context of the Church of England, not to be offensive to anyone. But then between 18 and 22, I had an incredible Christian experience where I was full on uh, in evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal faith. I uh, had a powerful experience in God, uh, which led me at about age 21 going to Europe to a school of evangelism for a few months down to the Holy Land, Christian outreach. And then after I returned back because of troubles I had with understanding a lot of aspects of the Christian faith, I became agnostic for 20 years. Tell us about that experience, first of all. What was it that happened and where were you specifically? Well, at 18 years of age in Barbados, I was invited to a crusade with visiting speakers and I made a decision for Christ, which... We know today means repentance from wrongdoing and faith in his finished work on the cross. And for those first four years, I was full on for God, seeking the will of God for my life, Mm. endeavoring to answer what I conceived to be the call of God on my life. And I sought to give definition to that by going to a school of evangelism in Europe. But I was exposed to stuff that put my head in a lot of confusion. And really, Christianity became a legalistic bondage, and it wasn't working for me. And I returned to Barbados at age 22, and I just rejected the faith, and nobody could get through to me for the next 20 years, so I became an agnostic. Yeah, quite a contrast. When you came back then to Barbados, was there a period of time where you were void of life and society? What did you get your teeth into? What was it like for you as a young man at that stage? As I was saying, my head was in a lot of confusion doctrinally. Confusion was trying to work through the Christian faith for it to practically work for me. And uh, I perhaps did not get the help that I needed to help. And I made a very bad decision. I made perhaps the worst decision of my life where I rejected everything outright and just started to live for myself and live on my own. And and nobody could get through to me for the next 20 years. So did you embark on further study? Did you jump into a career, into specific work? What filled your days at that time? Yeah, well, what filled my days was my dad told me when I got back to Barbados, now listen, boy, you've got to wake up, go and find yourself a job. Uh (laughs) So I found myself a job and uh, I started to work in Barbados and uh, actually I eventually ended up working with him as his internal accountant uh, prior to my coming to Australia. But then I started to party and go out and enjoy my life and I subsequently met the lady who is now my wife for the last 41 years. Mm -hmm. And in our socializing with a group of other couples every weekend, one couple mentioned that they were coming to live in Australia. So after we had been married for about between one and two years, uh, we decided to come to Australia as well. We had lived in Barbados. My wife had been exposed to a year in the USA. And I had been exposed to Europe. And uh, we just felt to come and live in Australia, which has now been our home for 40 years. So where did you arrive and what did you get involved in from the beginning? Well, we arrived in Sydney because we decided to take the boat because it was a lovely three, four weeks holiday uh, from Barbados through the uh, Panama Canal across to Tahiti. So after we arrived in Sydney, we made our way progressively across to Perth and we got to Perth in January-ish, early 75. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first priority after arriving was 
in Perth, staying with our friends for a few weeks, was to find employment for both of us. So both of us were fortunate in that I found work in accountancy very, very quickly. And uh, my wife also found employment with the Sheraton Hotel working in reservations because she had worked in reservations in the Caribbean. And we were up and running within a few weeks. We bought a car, got a unit to live in, subsequently had our first home built within the first year. Wow. And quickly settled into Australian way of life. Congratulations, but what a far cry from, you know, the tropical climate of Trinidad and uh, Jamaica and yachting and this was WA? Yeah, Perth in West Australia, that's right. And we had 17 years in all, Karen, in West Australia, 11 and a half in Perth and five, five and a half in a little country town called Denmark, not far from Albany in the southwest. What was it that you were doing then in the country part of WA? Well... For the first 11 and a half years in Perth, we were very much into the standard status quo of materialistic living. Mm. We had quickly paid off for our first home within about six years, and we were succeeding in what we were doing. But this was all within the context of the 20 years of agnosticism. And I had grown up in a home in Barbados with a highly successful father, and I would say there was some rejection of the price you have to pay for white collar success with work and how it potentially could affect your family. Mm. So I was going through a lot of transitions in my mind. We were married for 14 years before we had any kids. Mm -hmm. And my wife said to me, listen, fellow, I'm getting older. If we're going to have the kids, we got to do something about it pretty soon. So I thought it'd be a good idea to go and live in the country because I thought that might be the insulation to protect children from the ravages of everything that you construe to be negative about city living Mm. that non-Christian parents would expose to their children. Uh So I moved from white-collar work to blue-collar work to live in the country in Denmark for about five, five and a half years. And I lived a semi-alternate lifestyle on the outskirts of Denmark. So it was a huge transition and it was really a time of, you could say, searching because I tried Christianity and for me it did not work. Mm. So I was looking and seeking. Keyword seeker at the time, yeah? Uh, That's right. I was into meditation. I was into a bit of new age. Uh, Denmark is very much... uh, alternate, semi-alternate society. I was into hanging out with people who were looking in different directions and uh, I was exposing myself to this stuff. I became a skilled wood turner. Uh, I could take a piece of wood and make beautiful table lamps, standing lamps, vases, bowls, all that sort of thing. And I was doing a lot of reading and really what I was trying to do, Karen, was a rejection of standard culture and just trying to create my own culture with my own values, my own mindset as to how I thought life should be lived. And grow your own family at the same time. And grow my own family at the same time. So the kids were born in Denmark. They're 27 and 24 now. Mm -hmm. So their very early formative years were done in Denmark. So uh, we lived on a three-plus acre block overlooking the coastal plains out to the great southern ocean. It was absolutely beautiful. Wow. Giant cherry trees. So it was a, a good time for reflection and thinking about life and trying to work out what this thing called life was all about. And were you happy with what you were doing? With what you achieved in that time, in that place? Uh, well, I would describe it as a journey. Yeah. And yes, there would have been a lot of happy moments in the process of that journey. Uh, but also there was something or someone who I know now who was missing.
you're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunter is chatting with Mike Kinch, who's originally from Barbados in the Caribbean and migrated to Australia in the 1970s. Mike is sharing his spiritual journey from at one point being full on for the Lord to eventually walking away from his faith. We'll hear how he comes back to God when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Karen Hunt chatting with Mike Kinch, who's originally from Barbados in the Caribbean. Mike's sharing his life journey and how, sadly, he walked away from the Lord for 20 years after having gone to Bible school as a young man. Next, we're going to hear the events that occurred in Mike's life that eventually bring him back to God. Mike, you stayed in Denmark for what, five, five or six years, and then you came to Queensland. First of all, what was the reason for the move? What happened in WA in the West? And then how did you get to be in the East in Townsville? Yeah, Carol, what happened was the girls were about five years and two years old at the time. My parents had retired and were coming to live in Townsville where my other brother lived for approximately six months of the year. Uh And my wife and I decided that it'd be great for the kids to have a bit of extended family life, a bit of granny, granddad. And also the cold weather in Denmark for a Barbados Caribbean kid was not that nice. (laughs) So for those two reasons, we came to live in Townsville late 91. So the change in lifestyle, did it remain the same at the beginning or was there a drastic change? Help me keep up with this interesting journey of yours, Mike. Yeah, well, we got here, Karen, in late 91. And in early 92, my wife and I, of almost 20 years at the time, we were faced with a huge problem. And for me, I considered myself Mr. Fix-It. Whatever problem I had, I was very proud and arrogant, I could say, in some way. But this problem that hit us, we could not fix. Our little girl of two years old was diagnosed with a major medical issue. I remember around the time for just a few seconds or a few minutes, I was open to God. And I got on my knees here in Townsville and I just felt led to open the scriptures to a particular place. And when I opened it up, these were the words, come back to me, apostate Israel. You've been trafficking in foreign gods under every spreading tree and I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. I got on my knees. I made my peace with God, took my daughter down to Brisbane. We got the diagnosis of the problem. And unbeknown to me at the time, there was a lady there at the hospital who hails from Barbados visiting me. And I later found out that she had prayed for me every day for 20 years. Wow. I returned to Townsville and unbeknown to me, my wife of 19 years and my five-year-old daughter had gone to church for the first time in our 19 years of married life, other than a wedding and a funeral. We went to church the following Sunday, and now 22, 23 years later, we have not looked back. Oh, wow. So can you give us a little more insight? What was the medical condition of your daughter? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. It's now called focal segmental sclerosis, which is a scarring or lesion of the tissues in the kidneys. And so now 23 years later, she has not needed a kidney transplant. She still has the medical problem, but she's not healed. 
And I read a book by a guy called uh, Jerry Cook, who had been a successful pastor, and it's called A Few Things I've Learned Since I Knew It All. Yes. He had a medical condition, did not get healed, but he had to go to the Colorado mountains, <gasps> and he got his whole life to come in a different direction. And he wrote this sentence, God healed that woman's body, but he healed my life. Mm-hmm. Another lady he prayed for got a miraculous healing mm-hmm. of her body, but he did not, but he got a healing for his life. So what my wife and I have got is not a healing 22, 23 years later for our daughter's medical condition, but we've got a healing for our lives in that the last 23 years of our marriage and our raising of our two children has been in a Christian home and in a Christian context, which to me is the greater miracle. And what an absolute personal transformation. And then, Karen, the amazing thing was within months in 1992, after I returned from the hospital, the call of God came back to me, uh-huh. which I had 20 years before, but messed up. Study to show yourself approved unto God, and within months I was in Bible college at the beginning of 1993, and I've not looked back. Was it an evangelistic call, like you went to an evangelism school when you went to Europe in your early days? Was it the same type of call or a different type of call? Well, it really was a short-term, three-month training, and then we trip to the Holy Land, mm-hmm. and then some outreach. But... What I went to in office, in Townsville was a proper Bible college yeah. where I did a two-year diploma, subsequently a third-year Bachelor of Theology, and then I later did a Master's of Biblical Studies by correspondence from the USA, majoring on doctrinal issues because I was passionate about the pursuit of truth. And if I was going to give my life to Jesus Christ and to share his truth, Preparing people for the work of the ministry, I had to know and understand the truth and not just experience the truth. So I studied at diploma, bachelor's and master's levels and uh, started teaching in 1996. I had a 15-year relationship with that Bible college. The first three years were studying. The next 12 years, I was a lecturer. And in addition, at some stage during that, I started going to the nations and I've been gone out to nations. So I'm probably... About 30 times I've entranced nations over the last 15 years, mainly preparing people for the work of the ministry. So you became a teacher, you became a lecturer. That's right, Karen. Uh, and I did a lot of lecturing initially at the Bible College here in Townsville. I taught subjects like the doctrine of Christ, who Jesus Christ is, his mm-hmm. humanity and deity, who the Father God is, various aspects of his character and attributes, who the Holy Spirit is, the deity of the Holy Spirit, is the Bible, the Word of God, and a very important subject, how to correctly interpret the Scriptures. So subjects like that I majored on and I lectured in over the years. Then at some stage, I felt very much led. I can recall being out in prayer, out on my knees, here near my home. I was on my knees before the Lord, and He said, Get up and I will tell you what you must do. And I got up and He said, Make disciples in the nation. So I was obedient. And as a result, I've been into South Africa, Zambia, the Democratic Republic of Congo. I've been into Sri Lanka, Malaysia, Indonesia, Fiji, Vanuatu, Papua New Guinea. In most cases, in training centers of one form, shape or another, preparing people for the work of the ministry. How full of life does that sound? Wow. Also, helping those already in ministry sometimes further along the journey, so like some of the pastors in the yeah. more third world countries yes. uh, or in some of the countries, I was able to spend time with pastors and leaders, pretty well always also would minister in churches in these various nations. So my work during the week was with training people, mm-hmm. and then on the weekends, 
would be like as an itinerant visiting minister to various churches in these various nations. Mike, your journey is fascinating and I thank you for sharing it with us today. Tell us, this book you've just had published, Reinvent is the title. How did this come to be? You've been lecturing and teaching and traveling and involved in international leadership training now for so long. How did it come to be that you've written this book in my hot little hand called Reinvent? Well, Karen, I'm delighted to answer that question. I continue to do those things that you just mentioned. However, on one ministry trip in one nation last year, I was training potential church planters. It was my second time in that nation, and I was with potential church planters and with the opportunity to return again. And I just felt the Holy Spirit said to me, do not return to this country. Just like Paul was told not to go into Asia and Bithynia, I felt I was told, do not return to this country. It was a country that had seen war. And uh, I sort of shrugged my shoulders, I guess. What next? What do you want me to do? Uh He says, I want you to write. And within days, I had the title Reinvent, Reinvention in that form. And then within days, I had most of the 34 chapters to take your life from wherever it's at so that you can be everything you potentially can be so that you can do everything that you potentially are called to do. Mm -hmm. Because being and doing are two different things. So it's all about transformation. To be a better person, consistent with the will of God for your integrity, your character, the fruit of your Holy Spirit, and also for you then to have the skill set to do what your ministry calling is. Through flicking through myself, I'm actually very encouraged to read it from start to finish. And Mike, for yourself, for your wife Sandra, for your girls, hey, God bless in all that you're doing. God bless you and yours as your journey continues. Thank you ever so much, Karen. A delight and joy to be here with you. All the best to you and yours as well and to the listeners out there. Thanks so much, Mike. It's great to have you join me. Have a great day. Cheers. Well, that was a conversation that Karen Hunt had a few years ago with Mike Kinch, who was born in Barbados in the Caribbean and migrated to Australia in the 1970s. And as we heard, Mike has been on quite a spiritual journey, from at one point being on fire for the Lord at Bible school as a young man, to then walking away from his faith and being an agnostic for 20 years. But, as we also heard, he's now full on for God and has even written a book called Reinvent, which uses his life journey from agnostic to mature Christian to challenge readers to be personally transformed and become mature in their faith. Again, the name of the book is called Reinvent, and you can look up its availability online. Finally, this quote by Mike from his book, he says, For me, the pursuit of truth is the more important objective of my life. And thankfully, that pursuit of truth has led him to a growing, deep and rich faith in the Lord, to the point that he is now enriching other people's lives. That's fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us for Mike Kinch's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.